Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Pisgah Podcast. Thank you all for listening to Pisgah. Again, we're your hosts. I'm Drew, that's Mangler, and we're coming to you live from the gas line at Hyder's Country Cupboard. And I'm going to get my 10 gallons of gas and get on back up the mountain. Don't forget to fill up your plastic bags. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, you know what? I think we've got a great episode for you guys this week, and it's another double feature episode. Yeah, that's right. Back to our original episode plan. So I caught up with Cane Creek this past weekend, and we also have Brevard's shreddiest real estate agent on later. But Drew, first, let's talk about our feelings. How are you doing with the shoulder rehab slash repair? Man, pretty good. I'm coming into, I guess this weekend's going to make four weeks, so uh, next week I can dabble with my strength and range of motion a little bit more, and you know, honestly, I feel like I could physically ride a bike right now, I'm just not sure that I could take another impact yet. Yeah, uh, I'm happy to hear that you're making some progress, but I'm sure it's a test of patience. You know, feeling like you can ride, but having to make that adult decision and not push it too hard. Yeah, for sure. What about you? Did you ride anything this week? Well, I got my second COVID shot on Saturday, and like clockwork, six hours later, it knocked me down for almost exactly 24 hours. But in that six-hour window, I feel like I got a lot done bike and podcast-wise. So I went out to Canuga to meet up with the Cane Creek squad to record a little segment, uh, and then I did a couple of laps before that Moderna took me down. So did you by chance get to taste any of the new updates on Upper Hemlock? I made a beeline straight for it, my friend. Uh, I'm pretty psyched on the new updates. You know, I'm not going to spoil anything too much, but they've beefed it up, made things a little saucier and a little bigger. So when it does open up, maybe do the old pre-ride, re-ride, free-ride approach, but it's good. Cool, yeah. So once my new bike arrives and my shoulder gives me permission, I can't wait to check that out. Yeah, it should be ridden in real good by then. And to get back to my original quest for a Canuga visit, I stopped by the Cane Creek van that was conveniently parked at the bottom to see what they had going on with their test and tune event. Man, it's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's so great to see such uh, you know smiling faces and and friends and people out riding together. It's mm-hmm. great. Yeah. So this is the part of the Cane Creek tour, and we're doing one of our events called the Test and Tune, where we're uh, set up here at the base of the hill, and we're helping riders tune their suspension and talk through any uh, you know questions they might have. There's something about pulling up to a bike park and seeing a logoed out tall van at the bottom of the hill. You know something cool is going on, and that's exactly what Cane Creek is looking to accomplish with their test and tune events. So, like on the high speed bumps and like big hard impacts in the high speed, I feel like it's packing a little too much uh-huh. for like my comfort. So, where would I change the high speed? Like, would I? Was it high speed rebound or low speed rebound? So not make it pack so much. Yeah. Well, one thing that's interesting on your on your shock is that we also opened up your compression. Remember, so your yep. high-speed compression 
is essentially because you know when we were looking at the different tune that you guys yep. developed we left that compression side where it was so yep. we went it back your rear shock could potentially moving too quickly yep it's getting up in there and it's kind of staying there because it's there's no compression on it yeah. mm -hmm. so, right. right yep so add some compression okay the idea is simple set up at the bottom of the hill at canuga bike park ask questions to a cane creek employee they'll make suggestions on a setup change to your suspension go do a lap and see how those adjustments have improved your ride. Well, the nice thing about Ride Canuga is that it's a, it's a real dedicated bike park, and so there's you know, dedicated trails to riding, and the level of progression that riders can achieve here is you know, unmatched. When you're trying to really go fast, find some race speed potentially for some riders out there, not have to worry about you know, equestrians or hikers or other trail users, so it's a great place for all of us cyclists to to come and ride and tune your suspension, try something out, repeat the, the trail you just did with that different tune, change something else and be able to repeat. You know, that's where, you know, trial and error and educating yourself and learning about what your, what your bike is doing, what you're doing, how body positioning and t tire pressure, all of this stuff can affect how you're gonna perform and how your bike's gonna perform on the trail. For the last year or so, obviously there's not been any events or programs like this happening. So it's got a lot of excitement going on for everyone on both sides of the event tape. It's like a giant family reunion when you go to the events. You get to see all your friends who you haven't seen in so long, and new faces, new bikes, new trails, you know, that are being built up. So that's just fantastic for us. And then as well as we have um, so many new riders that are just getting into the sport, that are just learning about, you know, the how great a bicycle can make your life you know it's crazy the little thing you know like who would have thought that a, a bicycle can have such an impact on an individual's you know outlook or opportunity i mean that's man that's where i came from I, yeah so not only are we doing these uh these test and tune events at a couple of uh select locations in the western north carolina southeast region but we're also we have our cane creek cup cross country mountain bike series going on right now where we're having a really great turnout and of course we're doing a lot of uh, taking a lot of steps to keep people socially distanced and uh, have different start times and practice times and all of that that's going on and uh, we're out there supporting the local scene and talking with the dealers there and talking with local riders and and helping out with uh, a lot of putting on those events and giving people a place to go and ra ride and race. Hi guys. You too. So that was just the, uh, a great group that uh, that passed by earlier in the day. We helped them. You know, they didn't have any Cane Creek suspension on their on their bikes, but they're relatively new to riding. And I noticed that they're, you know, way so much sag on the front fork. And I could imagine what it's like to be riding at, you know, at close to the end of your travel on your front fork coming down, you know, like hemlock or painted black or something here where it's like wow yeah right all right let me uh let me help you out for safety you know and yeah. so but you know that spawned a conversation where now all of a sudden we're not we're talking you know outside the product and it's just about riding you know we're just talking about the trail and positioning and you know what's going on so it's it's really cool to experience and interact and engage with riders and you know it's like we've been doing this our whole lives anyway you know going to races growing up and cool to be able to, to um, give back. So. And XC racing, that's uh, that's cool. It's that time of year, right? We got mm -hmm. the uh, 
the Cirque series, we've got the Cane Creek Cup, and uh, if we go back to our first episode where Callie mentions that she wished there were more XC races, well, here you go, Callie. Yeah, XC racing has definitely hit off with a bang this year. Yeah, maybe it's uh, just that we're so used to no events happening from the COVID year that now that events are happening, maybe it's just everyone's going full in on them. I don't blame them. It is cool to see all this momentum building up for race seasons. The NICA leagues in North Carolina currently do not have any races on the calendar, but in some discussions I've had with the Henderson Hellbenders, they're doing their own team events around the area, which has been cool to see on their social media platforms. Yeah, no matter what, it's cool to see kids getting stoked on bikes, really. And the best way to get kids stoked on bikes is when their parents are a shredder, which brings us to this week's interview guest, Brevard's shreddiest real estate agent, Bernadette Merriman. Well, Bernadette, thank you for welcoming me into your home. Glad you came. Yeah. You've got kind of a lot of stuff going on here in the Brevard area. I guess I've lived here for 20 years, so I know a lot of folks and have been mountain biking for a little while, so have a good community in that realm as well as the community at large. So just kind of one of the regular faces you see in the area, friendly. What brought you to Brevard? That's a little long story. (laughs) Uh, The Chattooga River. It's the border for South Carolina and Georgia. Mm-hmm. I packed up my bag a week after graduating high school and got a job as a raft guide. And um, I did not think I was going to go to college because I would have gotten lost in a like a university. And I was like, I can't do that. It's not my not my scene. Uh, and then I found Brevard and Brevard College and immediately fell in love with it and uh, ended up working full-time um, and going to school here so I could live in Brevard. And I joke I joke with people and I say, Detroit, Pisgah, because I'm from the Detroit area originally. So Pisgah won. Yeah. And your family, some of your family eventually came down here, right? I've lived in Brevard for eight years at that point, and I had just had Grayson. She was about six months old when my mom and my uh, siblings and my stepdad followed about a year later, but they moved down here just kind of as a fresh start. And I think, I mean, I'd like to think because I had Grayson as well might be a little reason why. Mm-hmm. So like you said, Detroit or Pisgah. Exactly. I mean, my, my family loves the area now too, that they've been here for eight years and my mom goes hiking and they love the area just as much as I do. There's a big reason why they came down as well. What was it that you originally started going to school for at Brevard College? Um, I have a business degree, actually. Really? I do. <laughs> and you also have a dental hygienist degree? No, not a dental hygiene. Um, dental assisting. Okay. So, yeah. so I remember you going to like dental school. The, the end goal was hygiene, but it was really hard to go to school. Um, and work part-time and be a single mom. Yeah. I struggled there for a little bit. (laughs) And then you decided to go and get your license for real estate. Well, again, being um, Brevard, and it's a small community, um, Paul Willander, he actually approached me 
and was like, I think you'd be a great fit. I think you'd be good at this. And uh, I don't think I would have gotten into it without him, you know, saying something like that. And he actually put me through school. And I work for Looking Glass, which he started. Um, and I've been doing it for about six years. And I love it. It's a great fit. Yeah, it so. seems like you kind of like fell into it. And you know, with your connections that you have and, and knowing the community as well as you do, I feel like it's kind of like a shoe in for you. Yeah, yeah, it's it's been a great fit. Unfortunately, I haven't had the chance to buy a house with you, although we've tried a couple of times. We have tried. <laughs> um, yeah, just things just don't work out for one reason or another. But, you know, you got my girlfriend her house and plenty of other of our friends their houses. So Jessica was my very first was she client really? ever. Yes. Really? Yeah, yeah. And it's always hard to tell somebody, like, you're my first client, you know, but her and her house was a was a dream really the whole process was very flawless and i was like i don't think this is how it's going to be the rest of the time and it certainly wasn't but her house went so smoothly that transaction well it was good because that was like a learning process for both of you i guess absolutely well sweet you came down here to hopefully play in the rivers for the rest of your life and you honestly before now i didn't know that that was like a thing in your life yeah. I've just always known you as like Shreddy Bernadette. That's funny. So when did when did you kind of pick up a mountain bike and how'd that first start? You know, when I moved to Brevard, I worked at High Rocks teaching like canoeing and kayaking actually, and because I learned how to kayak on the Chatuga. And um, I lived in Brevard probably for six years before I ever got on a bike. Really? Mm-hmm. I used to be a big trail runner. I ran for Brevard College for a semester to try it out and fell in love with it. But I think I had some girlfriends that uh, Anna Ripley and I don't know who else it was that day. There's about six women, though, that we just rode up Clawhammer and went down um, Buckhorn. And uh, I, I borrowed a neighbor's bike. It was a size small. So it was so small that I had to like stand up and pedal going up Buckhorn. And I was dying. It had caged feet. Oh, geez. Yeah, yeah. And um, I just remember getting to the steps on, on Buckhorn. And I, was, I tried it three or four times until I cleared the whole thing, like my very first ride. And a week later, I went to Sycamore and bought a bike. Do you know what your first bike was? I do. I actually bought um, a used bike from Charisma Arborgast, mm -hmm. and it was a specialized women-specific stump jumper. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forget they had that women-specific stumpy line. Yeah, it was uh, cherry red. Oh. Yeah, and um, there's a running joke because she had the bike for six months and then actually got pregnant. And I bought the bike from her, and I had it for six months, and I got pregnant. <laughs> it's the so, pregnant bike. So the the girl I sold it to, she went to uh, God, uh, Warren Wilson College. I was I joked around with her. I was like, "Be careful with this bike." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's pretty funny. It is funny. Yeah. I mean, it was a coincidence, but mm -hmm. <laughs> a funny one. And so you know, six months after you got this bike you went down the the road of, of motherhood and how was it coming back you know af after that 
that process to getting back on a bike? You know, I, I actually, it took me a while to get back on a bike. Um, I would run out my door at like six in the morning with a bunch of women from town for a while. It took me about a year, maybe 18 months to get back on the bike just because of convenience and like yeah. mm -hmm. a little one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My mom would watch Grayson and, you know, we'd be able to sneak out for a ride every now and then, which was super nice, but like kind of actually getting back on it took a while. There was, um, a race that Yuri put on a long time ago out of DuPont. It was like an 18 mile adventure race. And this was like well before they had fixed, um, Ridgeline and even hooker, like hooker used to just be like super steep, like mm -hmm. this terrible climb and, um, not as fun as it was now, but, um, it was, it was a really fun, like reason to get back on the bike and kind of get going again. That's pretty rad. Yeah. So you're a mother. Mm-hmm. With a beautiful growing daughter who, in my opinion, is becoming a little shredder. Yeah. Yeah. It's been fun to watch. She's been around bikes her entire life. And it's not the only thing, you know, she, she likes, but it's been a really fun part of her actually getting to enjoy them. Mm -hmm. I don't ever force her to ride, per se. I mean, besides being a 13 year old now and trying to get out the doors can be a little cumbersome. She doesn't really like to, but once you're out, she's like, man, thank you so much. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, you know, you want every kid from the age of whenever to, you know, their growing ages around like four to six to learn how to ride a bike. That's like the, the, the good age to, to really get them on a bike. How was it getting her going on a bike? And then how was it keeping her stoke level on bike riding? So I actually didn't teach her how to ride a bike. Bernadette. I, well, she had a, a strider, which okay. we would use daily or like I'd go for a walk or like a run and she would stride. Mm -hmm. But actually, um, Tim Kerber taught her how to ride a bike. Really? Yes. That is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, when she was, I think like three or four. Okay. And like without pedals and that sort of thing or mm -hmm. trainers. And, uh, we had a tag along bike that she loved. Um, we moved to a, like a push pedal bike when she was on her own in DuPont <laughs> because mountain bikes for kids at that point wasn't, I don't know. You couldn't find a good one. Yeah. Yeah. The sizing was weird and stuff like that. Yeah. We were able to get like a 20 inch Scott was her very first bike with actual brakes and like little shocks. It was a heavy bike, but she still loved getting on it, which was nice. Nice. I mean, it sounds like she kind of like grew up while advancing on trails. We would, I got like a little, uh, pointer to, from Noelle care to use a bungee cord mm -hmm. and I would put it on my seat post and I would put it around her handlebar. Okay. And I would pull her up. Like Jim like, Branch or something? Yes, exactly. Jim Branch, you know, and there'd be like tricky spots where she'd be like uh, uh mom mom wait wait you know, just she, like a boing just launching her up oh man yeah we had some trial and error and it was always best to go with like somebody else mm -hmm. who could be like all right stop bernadette you know and then <laughs> i don't know it, it worked out it did it did what it needed to do so as as grayson got older how did she progress with her interest in bike riding 
Um, I think because she saw myself and other, I mean, it's like what I do in my spare time, you know, it's, um, who I surround myself with besides like when I work are other people who love to ride. Mm -hmm. Um, so Grayson was around it a lot. Yeah. And, uh. I think also the growing number of women riding mm -hmm. really has actually helped. And I mean, I'm because Grayson's a girl, I don't know if that has helped, but I think because my friends can actually tell her, hey, you should try this, you should try this, versus a mom telling her that. Yeah. She's really like welcomed um, that advice from other people a whole lot more. And so I think when we ride with other people, it's kind of just influenced her to keep with it mm -hmm. or try something different. Does that answer your question? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> who, who, are, who are some of your, your closest friends that you guys ride bikes with? Well, definitely Megan Hutton and her son, Micah. Mm -hmm. um, they've been a constant for a long time. I mean, I think both the kids have known each other since they were three or four. Okay. Oh, a lot of times actually going to like Colo Bike Park. Mm -hmm. Grayson loves to dirt jump. She'd actually probably prefer to dirt jump over a trail ride. Really? <laughs> yeah. But it's been like people like Becky Bastion or Katie or um, Marta who give her pointers where she's like, okay, okay, I see you. Mm -hmm. I mean, honestly, those are some of the the best women to give her pointers. Yeah, yeah. You know, coming from... You know, you mentioned those names. I mean, those are great names for of people for her to look up to. I mean, you've got Becky doing backflips and the lake jumps and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, there are a lot of amazing people around here, mm -hmm. um, men and women. I, I think that's why she's enjoyed it so much, too, because people, at least here, are super welcoming. I, f I feel like we're kind of, we got a secret sweet spot here just because the people are really welcoming and you could walk up to anything and people will be like, yeah, come on, get on, try it. Yeah, let's do this. Yeah, let's do it. Obviously her growing up, she's had other interests, but do you feel like bikes have, have been pretty constant with her? Um, they've been kind of a staple for us. Mm -hmm. Um, definitely. I know during COVID it was a nice way to, especially when the a lot of things were closed. We could ride from our house and go for a bike ride. Yeah. Literally from our house and go just hit the front range trails and come home. And she was like, it was a way to get out of the house and like a nice way to connect with her. Um, so it saved us kind of at the beginning there. It was really nice to have. She's gotten into climbing oh, okay. a lot recently and has actually not been riding as much because she's kind of stoked on something new, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, it's good for her to have that base of mountain biking skill because, you know, it, it's good to have, you know, that knowledge going forward in life. Um, and with climbing, it can potentially unlock new climbing zones or whatever in the future for her. Yeah. Has she mostly been doing like climbing gym stuff or out in the wild? We haven't been out to the wild yet. Mm. Um, she has been on the uh, rock climbing team at the Riveter. Oh, awesome. Yeah. And they do some really great stuff there for mm -hmm. the kids. I mean, as far as like learning progression, it's a really nice setup. She's doing like lead climbing and lead belaying and things that. I mean, I don't even know how to do that stuff. Either do I. <laughs> 
So I was about to say, like, do you dabble in climbing? I will climb if somebody's leading, but mm. um, yeah, not. I don't know how to lead belay or lead climb. I mean, that's totally intimidating. So I'm really stoked she's getting to learn it. Yeah, it's something for something new for you guys to go try. I mean, like it's gonna be rad the first time you guys go to Looking Glass and your daughter leads you on that. Yeah, and. I mean, biking for her over the years has been something that she has made her feel really good and confident. I mean, we have like the ladies all ride that used to come to Brevard. And um, again, I would bring her and she would see the coaches and that sort of thing. And a lot of my friends are her friends and they would literally teach her how to do things there. And I think she got stoked up by those little gains yeah. You know, and I think it just, it's transitioning into climbing too. You know, she mm-hmm. came home one day and she was like, it just makes me feel strong. You know, awesome. you want to hear that from any kid. Yeah. Yeah. You kind of touched on this a second ago, but how was COVID for you guys with the shutdown and everything? Like 2020 was kind of rough on everybody, but I feel like people in this area, we, we kind of had an upper hand with, you know, the access we have to national forest stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, I mean, it was a saving grace to one be in town right near the bike path, so we could just get on our bikes and go. We didn't even have to drive. Mm-hmm. It was a nice, I don't know, I don't know how to explain it. I feel really blessed through COVID because I got to spend more time with her. I mean, I luckily have a flexible job where I can work from home sometimes or she could go with me. And um, I don't know, I think we, it was really enjoyable to actually have that extra time with her. Otherwise, she would be in school all the time yeah and you don't get it's like time you'll never get back Mm -hmm. and she's kind of at that teenager years now where you know it can be tough relationships for for parents and their kids but it kind of sounds like you guys have kind of like strengthened your relationship through outdoor activities and such absolutely when Grayson was younger, when we were getting close to the weekend, it was always like, all right, well, what are we doing this weekend? Mm-hmm. Because there was the expectation of like, we're getting outside. Yeah. What's our adventure? Mm-hmm. Um, so I really, really like that, that she's n- knows that's kind of part of the way we live our life. Yeah. And it's cool with it. Yeah. And it's cool. With it. <laughs> yeah. 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 What is, what is her friend circle like? You know, with COVID and everything, it was a little hard for kids, mm-hmm. especially she's in middle school. Um, so she didn't actually get to see a lot of kids in the beginning and for quite some time. But now she's, you know, she's friends with Micah mm-hmm. um, and a couple strong girls that like play soccer also like to get outside at Brevard Middle School. I don't really know. Like she's not at that age where... It's definitive, you know, but she has some really sweet, kind, you know, girls that align with her or she aligns with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hopefully keep her out of trouble. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. She's a pretty straight and narrow kid. Lucky for you. Yeah. Luckily. And she's got a good heart. Mm -hmm. She's. uh... One thing that has kind of impressed me with you guys' relationship is kind of the first time I saw that you were taking her to the women's weekend at Ray's mountain bike park. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about that. Cause that was, I was really awesome to see you taking her up there for that. So that's been our thing for like years now. Mm-hmm. I think she's gone like six or seven times. Oh, that is amazing. Yeah. And it's like our yearly journey that we'd love to take. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it's because 
Grayson learns best when other people are like telling her or instructing her. And she's um, she's met a lot of great women by going up there. Who, I mean, she's met all like the top pro women from going there. Oh man, I know. It's crazy. Like Angie, like she looks forward to the trip yearly to see Angie alone. Um, <laughs> and, um, I mean, her and Angie will be off riding laps around. And I just love that, that other people just kind of take your kid in openly yeah, and be like, Hey, you're a little person. Like, let's, let's do this. Yeah. Follow me. Let's, let's drop in on this, on this run. Absolutely. I mean, mm-hmm. she's learned more from all those badass women than I could ever teach her. And that's great. And it's cool that that's the type of environment where, you know, you and Grayson walk into Ray's and you check in, you slap some high fives and like, cool, let's go ride. And like, she may go somewhere else and you may go to another room or something. Absolutely. I mean, in all honesty, Grayson's personality, she's probably knows some of these ladies like better than I do even (laughs) because she's just that way. Yeah. It's like you're over there like riding one room and then like you glance through and and then you see like Angie Weston like go over a jump and then your daughter's right behind her. That's got to be really awesome to see. Oh, it is. It is. And all those women are like amazing influencers and like super kind, Mm -hmm. like very real people. Yeah. I mean, they're probably just as stoked as you are seeing it as they are experiencing it with, you know, this little 12, 13 year old girl. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's what Angie does on the west coast i mean she's a big influencer over there for Mm -hmm. adults and kids in the sport yeah so kind of what what advice can you give to a parent that's got like the the preteen kid that you know that they've been riding bikes with obviously you don't want to soccer dad or soccer mom them to death but you you want to kind of point them down you know that thing so you guys can have something in common to enjoy Right. So my advice to another parent who has a preteen kid, Mm -hmm. I mean, I definitely don't force Grayson to do anything. Mm -hmm. Um, Except for homework and brush your teeth and stuff like that. Right. Besides (laughs) the necessary things, you're right. But I will say like, hey, these are our options. Like we're going to go out one way or another. And, um, you know, I tell her too, like, I need this. This is for my mental sanity, and it's a great way that, like, I get to connect with you. So, mm-hmm. and, and oftentimes she'll be like, all right, let's, let's, let's go out for a ride. Yeah. Um, even if it's a small one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I guess maybe also making it fun. You know, like, we didn't go this past year because of COVID, and yeah. Grayson was definitely still really nervous about it. Mm-hmm. But um, having something fun, like your yearly trip that you get to do yourselves like it's always Grayson and I with some friends going down there or up there and um I don't know something like that is always nice to look forward to I mean I know a lot of uh really rad parents that come from like the triangle area and come here to ride on the weekends with their kids because of places like Canuga and I mean it's like an easy place where you can go that as a family, you're not like riding a long trail, yeah. but you could do laps and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So it can be fun for everybody. Yeah. Canuga's a good one. Cause you can do like short laps. And then, you know, when your kids get comfortable with, you know, they build, build up their, their confidence. physical fitness, their stamina, their confidence, then you can, you know, maybe step up to like, you know, going to do like a gym branch to Ridgeline or something. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
What's Grayson's favorite zone to ride out here? She had actually told me that she really likes Thrift to Black, which surprised me. Really? <laughs> yes. And um, I mean, honestly, that's not an easy climb. No, it's not. But she, for some reason, she really likes that loop. That's um, awesome. It used to be DuPont. It used to be like Ridgeline and, or well, Jim Branch to Ridgeline. Mm-hmm. But now it's kind of front range stuff. Okay. So yeah. she's, she's graduating up a little bit. Yeah. We've even done like Clawhammer and Buckhorn and I'd like to get her on some bigger stuff. Yeah. But um, she is now an inch and ha- or she's in half an inch taller than me. So we're riding the same size bike and I just got another Rocky Mountain. So now we have like two full suspension bikes and it will be more fun for her because she got a better bike. Yeah. And there for a little while, I mean, even if she was, um, having fun, a heavy bike just sucked. So I put her on a hardtail for a while cause it was mm-hmm. nice and light and she seemed to enjoy it. But, um, when she tried my full suspension, she was like, I want to ride that one. And you're like, Oh, and, what did I do? Yeah. And then I had to ride the hardtail. <laughs> so, uh, Talk about your representation with, with Rocky Mountain. Well, um, I get to be an ambassador for Rocky Mountain. So mm-hmm. now that COVID is over, I need to start doing some probably like a local ride or something with Sycamore. Mm-hmm. I need to talk to them about that or jump on like even the Weevil ladies ride. That sort of thing would be really fun. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I, I, I kind of am an ambassador. I just have to do some some posting for them and kind of be the local person, I guess, to, uh, you know, if we have demos and that sort of thing, help out with demos. Mm-hmm. And it's been kind of weird because when I joined, it COVID hit. So we didn't yeah. get to we didn't get to do a lot of the things I think that normally happen um, when they come into town, or even group rides. <laughs> yeah, Rocky just came out with a new bike. Yes. What's your What's your current bike setup right now? So, um, uh, are you talking about the new Altitude? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have the new Altitude, and it is by far my most favorite bike that I've ever owned. Okay. My first Rocky Mountain was the Instinct, and I wanted mm-hmm. to try something different, so I went with less travel. I think a lot of people are going. I mean, I went that route. Mm-hmm. Well, and I did a trip to Nepal with a bunch of women. And mm-hmm. so we were doing a lot of miles every day. And I wanted something a little bit lighter and uh, 29 wheels just for, like, you know, ease of rolling, that sort of thing. And it was nice to try something smaller. But now that this bike came out, um, it's a 170-160 setup. And I was a little nervous. I was okay. like, I don't know if I'm going to like this much travel, mm-hmm. you know, cause it's great going downhill, but around here you got to earn your turns. Right. So you yeah. get, you climb sometimes for an three hour. Hours. <laughs> yeah. Three hours. Exactly. But I'm super surprised. It climbs really, really well. Like I can spend all day on it mm-hmm. and thoroughly enjoy it. Yeah. Um, I think their new bike too, the new version of the instinct is actually the same frame, but just a different fork and shock setup. Okay. So same front triangle, different rear triangle and shock setup or something probably. Yeah. yeah. And you're running industry nine wheels. I am running industry nine wheels. Yes. So industry nine, I don't even know what to say about them. I love that company and I love the folks that run it and the folks that work there. They support people locally, like a hundredfold. you know, they're just 
wonderful people um and their product is amazing mm -hmm. obviously um the new wheel set that i have you know has like the hydra hydra carbon factory spokes like all the fancy bits and yeah and most importantly you you were one of the uh creators of the um the bluetooth hub uh <laughs> loudness adjustment meter uh, i don't know about the creator but um I, I got to do an April Fools uh, video for them, which was really funny with the with the dial. Yeah, yeah, their product is amazing. Though I just I had uh, the stock wheels on my bike for just a little bit before I got my i nines, and as soon as you put those i nines on, you're like, wow, the initiation is absolutely amazing. Yeah. So as far as like uh, customizing your bike, you know. You get a stock bike. Do you change much stuff on it? Just throw some anons on it and have at it, or? Um, actually, no. I like to put um, King Creek headsets on most mm -hmm. of my bikes too. I need a new headset. I need to hit them up. Yeah, me too. Actually, I didn't get it for this bike because I just spaced, but I need it. Yeah. Yeah. You're pretty active around here in the community, and if people want to buy a house, or if people want to talk more about, you know, trying to get together with, you know. A, a ladies ride or a kids ride or something what's the best way people can kind of reach out to you you could reach out to me i'm on instagram okay bernadette okay <laughs> or by looking me up online just I, google me yeah google me no i work at looking glass realty so i have uh, my own like agent page on there with mm -hmm. my contact information and a sweet video and a sweet video yep of our mm -hmm. local trails mm -hmm. so i'm pretty easy to find i think yeah if someone needs to find Bernadette, they can find you. <laughs> well, sweet. Anything else you, you feel like we should touch base on? I think if you're a parent who is an outdoor active type of person, having kids is amazing and wonderful, and it doesn't have to change your lifestyle. Mm -hmm. um, I think you can just bring kids along to the things that you love and do, and I think you'll help shape them. You know, a, a lot of... The, some of the best ways to enjoy the outdoors is learning how to adapt. Mm -hmm. And when you have kids, I mean, I'm just speaking from the outside looking in, it just seems like you can still enjoy those things. You just have to adapt. Exactly. Yeah. That's the perfect way to put it. Well, awesome, Bernadette. Thank you for your time. Always appreciate hanging out with you. Yeah. Thanks for coming here. I appreciate it too. All right, cool. Now uh, I got to let you go so you can go sell a house. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> And I'd take jumping tips from Angie Weston. Yeah, or really any of our local lady shredders. I have to say that Grayson has quite the gang of positive and shreddy adult influencers in her life. Yeah, it's awesome to be a product of the environment that you live in. Uh, speaking of environment, how's it looking outside for the weather this week? This weekend looks pretty banger. Uh, looks like we have some rain showers creeping in late Sunday. So, you know, those weekend warriors definitely have some amazing rotting weather. And then, you know, there's some chances of showers early in the week, but then it looks like it's shaping up to be, you know, back warm again and mostly dry. And I think we may be out of the woods when it comes to frost advisories and stuff now. So it could be like full on summer. Great. It's time for insects to hatch. Oh, your favorite. Yeah. Well, that's a wrap on this week's episode. And as always, you can find us on social media. Just search Pisgah Podcast. 
And also you can hit us up on Big Cartel. Just search Pisgah Podcast. We've got shirts for sale with five bucks of each shirt going to Pisgah Area Sorba. And if you busted out the hardtail because it is XC season, then please go ahead and make sure you subscribe, share with your pals, and I hope you all have a great weekend. And getting out the XC bike. What happens if we overfork it? Does that make it a down country bike then? Yeah, that's up country. Bike.